Hey guys, Josh here. I just wanted to take a second and let you know about this amazing new product called MultiplayerSquad.com. It's the greatest new addition to gaming. Well, I mean practically life. It's sure to fill you with glee, help you make new friends, and expose you to all sorts of awesome memes. It's got the best community of gamers around, and more than that, it's the best way to help support the show and let us keep providing awesome content. What? I gotta read this disclaimer for legal reasons. Warning, MultiplayerSquad.com can cause feelings of joy, happiness, companionship, ownage, and all-around sense of being awesome. If you notice yourself acting more like Josh, please discontinue use immediately and seek professional help. Hey, who put that in there? Paul! A brawl is surely brewing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. Each Monday, we break down a particular game or a gaming subject, and today we have a very special one for you guys. We are going to be doing a deep dive into a little game you might have heard of called Cuphead. We're going to discuss the art style, some of the mechanics, some of the secrets in the game, and most importantly, what our overall impressions of the game were. And then we'll finish up the show by reading some community reviews, play Make Love, Marry, or Murder, And we will see where Cuphead ranks on our overall leaderboard, where we compare all the games that we have covered to date. But first things first, we need some introductions. And this time, I'm going to introduce my co-host first, because he's the Cuphead of today's episode, the gambler who just might throw one more set of dice at the craps table on a devil's wager. It's Josh. No snake eyes. No snake eyes. (laughs) No sta- oh man, uh-oh. We're in trouble now, Paul. <laughs> and then I'm the mug man of today's episode. You know, I understand the danger of taking a deal with the devil, and I'm in the background yelling, good gosh, Cuphead, no, just as the dice leave his hands. I'm your host, Paul. Before we jump into Cuphead, we wanted to read a couple of reviews that you guys have left for the podcast. Oh boy, we're getting closer to 200. We've been saying closer? it and we are closer, man. And uh, one of these reviews, kudos to this guy. I'll just read his first cuz he he was trying to be the 200th review. Okay. Yeah, so <laughs> all right, so this review comes in from Ananamua. I kind of like that name, Ananamua. And he says or she says a great podcast. I was trying lots of podcasts and this was the best one. By the way, I'm trying to get the 200th review. I like it so much. Well, <laughs> Anonymous, nice. there's good news and there's bad news. The bad news is you are not a 200th review. The good news is we read your review anyway. So. <laughs> yes. It's like back in the day when you would call the radio station. Am I the 14th caller? And then you'd hang up, call right back. Am yeah. I the 14th caller? Yeah. Yep. Well, I'm sorry, Ananamua, but thank you for the review. Yes, and you still made it on the show, so, you know. All right, and then this next one comes in from Caspi Kane, and it is titled, So Amazing. So I started listening to podcasts like a few weeks ago and stumbled upon this gem. I love this podcast. Just hearing you guys speak adds some light to my day, and I have learned to take my love for video gaming and want to pursue it as a job. So if y'all are thinking about listening to these guys, then you really should. It's a fun and fresh, and you will always enjoy it. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, Caspi Kane, we made it our job, uh, except that we don't, you know, get paid for it. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's, it's <laughs> like a, a permanent unpaid internship. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and my boss really sucks, man. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh goodness. I don't want to hear it. Like I'm like I'm the boss. Know, That's right? hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's time for Cuphead. This match will get red hot. Go! All right. <laughs> From Studio MDHR Entertainment Inc. It's a little bit of a mouthful. Cuphead is a classic run-and-gun action game heavily focused on boss battles. Inspired by cartoons of the 1930s, the visuals and audio are painstakingly created with the same techniques of the era, i.e. traditional hand-drawn cell animation, watercolor backgrounds, and original jazz recordings. Alright, I don't even know where to start with all of this, Josh, because the story, the animation style, the gameplay, they all kind of blend together, but... Covering Cuphead was your idea, so I was kind of curious as to what made you pick up Cuphead to start off with, why are we covering it here on the show? So, I mean, you guys pick on me for being old. Uh, there, There is a, a, just like a sliver of truth to that, you know, just a uh-huh. tiny grain of, of truth, <laughs> if you will. But like, is this where you share with us that you worked for Walt Disney back in the 1930s? I and- did, yes. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, Walt, go way back. He, he promised me that uh, I could freeze my head, too, for science. So. They have a spot reserved next to him yes. with your name on it. Um, but Cuphead, Cuphead reminded me of those games of my youth where they are side-scrollers, platformers, shooters, hard hard games like dif- the difficulty level of games nowadays is nothing like it was back you know back then um we talk about you know the nintendo hard games you know nintendo hard where yeah. in the early days of nintendo games were really difficult um and cuphead just seemed like the perfect throwback to that and so i had picked this game up a while back I, it, long before the we talked about doing it for the show and it just it draws your attention. There's something about I mean, almost everybody has heard of Cuphead, and if they haven't, then they have probably seen some snippets of gameplay and that animation style and the art style. But yeah, I just I wanted something that kind of just captured those, you know, I'll call them the glory days of my youth of like playing these really hard games where it took a lot of skill and patience to kind of get through them. Yeah, I don't remember where I first learned about Cuphead, but I feel like the last few years, it's just kind of been around in the ether. I don't remember seeing trailers. I don't remember ever watching anyone streaming it. I just remember always seeing the little animated teacup with the big eyes and the face, and it obviously was a throwback to the 30s. I honestly did not really know anything about this game before starting it for the show, and it was a little bit different than what I expected. I thought it was more of like a kiddie game. I did not realize it was actually one of those tough as nails, more of a platformer, you know, run and gun style. So I actually found it to be quite a bit different than what I thought it would be. But let's talk a little bit about the story of Cuphead, because right off the bat, they kind of hit you with like, the beginning of a fairy tale or the beginning of a Disney movie where you get this book that turns open and you start learning about this fable of Cuphead and Mugman. Do you want to tell the people a little bit about the storyline in this game? 
It's funny because you kind of alluded to it in the intro of the show. But yes, you know, you're you're living the perfect life, man. You know, and and Cuphead is is your jolly, just not worried about anything in the world. And Mugman is his sidekick that's, you know, along for the ride and is probably a little bit more of the voice of reason amongst the two. But, you know, like friends are, are, are going to do, they decide to go to the casino and it's Devil's <laughs> Casino. That should have been their first clue. When you see a casino's name that is the Devil's Casino, <laughs> maybe you shouldn't go. And it's also filled with a lot of shady characters. Like, no one in this Devil's Casino looks like a good guy. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you're probably not in in a good place. And then, you know, so they're having a great night. They're winning lots of money. And then the Devil's like, hey, let's make a deal. I'll make a bet. Okay, number two. Number one, don't go to Devil's Casino. Number two, don't make a bet with the (laughs) Devil. Okay. Uh, So they make a bet. And of course, they lose. And so the devil has now like conscripted them uh, for eternity. And then, uh, you know, they, they kind of so the devil gives them the option to say, hey, look, I'll let you work off, you know, this debt that you have to me if you go and you collect all of the like the bounties, I guess, on these other bosses or souls that owe him like money, I guess. Yeah, I had no idea that the storyline had anything to do with the devil and like a deal with the devil. I was very surprised because when I jumped in, I immediately assumed this was more of a kid game and none of it is like heavy or serious. It's all just silly and in good fun, but it did surprise me right off the bat. So now all of a sudden you've got Cupman or I'm sorry, Cuphead and Mugman running around and now the game heavily focuses where you are battling all of these bosses. And there's different types of levels, and and we're going to break all those things down here in just a minute. But I think probably the number one thing that leaves an impression on everyone is the animation style. So the name of this kind of animation I have learned today from Wikipedia is called Rubber Hose Animation. What? And so this is like where the characters don't really have well-defined limbs, they have like very long, loose, rounded off arms and oh, legs. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So like their bodies are very fluid. Cuphead is continually like bouncing on his knees and it's very reminiscent of like the old school Mickey Mouse cartoon, Steamboat Willie. You know, it very much looks like it's from that era. Yeah, the I mean, this is the one thing that stands out first in this game. Like I said, that like you know, obviously the gameplay is what actually stands out in this, but when you see Cuphead for the first time, you just see this old like grainy, like the the game is intentionally grainy as if it it's from like the 30s or the 40s and this cartoony, very muted, nothing is like super colorful. It's all like these dull color palettes. Um don't get me wrong, there's a lot of color in the game, but what I mean is they're not, like, super vibrant. Like, you can tell, like, it looks older in that sense. Um, but, yeah, and I never knew. The noodle arms thing is perfect, dude, because so many bosses yeah. are like that and so many different things in some of the levels are like that. Um, but it just... I don't know that there's another game that has the feel to it like that Cuphead does. Like, if you showed me two seconds of any boss or any level in Cuphead, I could look at that and go, that's Cuphead 100%. I bet my house. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, and so that's a testament to the developers, really, to come up with an art style 
or to be so true to that art style, I guess, to, to make that stand out like that. Yeah. And when I was reading about how they developed the animation in this game, did you know that the animations were hand-drawn by one of the brothers who made this game? No. Hand-drawn? Yeah. Hand-drawn. Okay, if you're listening, have you ever made a flipbook? You know, when I was a kid, yeah. Uh, do you know how stick long it takes? To, yes, <laughs> I did down. the stickman flip book too. But do you know how long that takes to just do? I mean, dude, it takes forever. Can you imagine hand drawing like animation? Oh no! I mean, it would take forever. And even the old Disney movies, like they're really short for a reason. <laughs> like Sleeping Beauty, my three year old loves watching it, and I almost hate putting that on because it's like sixty two minutes. Yeah, because it was all hand drawn. That stuff takes forever. But yeah, so the brothers who started this game, they started working on it in twenty ten, and this game did not release until twenty seventeen, and they ended up with a team of fourteen people working on it. So when they say in that Steam description I read earlier that it was a painstaking process, that's not a joke because they were hand drawing these animations. But I really love, as Josh mentioned before, they make it look like it was made in the 30s. So it's not just in that style. They add the film grain. They add scratches. Like if it were old school film that you know eroded over time, it's got pops and ticks in the audio where it sounds like it's playing on a really old bad record player. And all of that stuff just really adds to the aesthetics. And I think that it leaves such a distinct style that it really serves the game well like i think it was totally worth that painstaking process do you think that that's off-putting to some people though because i think like kind of like you said you thought the game was kind of kiddie almost so i have to wonder like there's got to be people that see this art style or see snippets of cuphead and then just go yeah this is a weird kids game like i saw him like shooting like chocolate bars and you know there's the <laughs> you know the the food like boss level you know and stuff like yeah. that and it just it all looks very weird to a lot of people and so i have to wonder if you don't if you haven't looked into it very much, I almost wonder if that art style wouldn't be off-putting to some people. Not for the style itself, but just in that it gives them the wrong impression of what this game is. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Because it was off-putting to me. For someone who didn't see any video footage, all I saw was just the still frame of the game. And that did not draw my interest at all. But after playing it... I can really appreciate that animation style, especially since you and I are old enough that we grew up watching a lot of hand-drawn animation. I don't know how you feel, but when I see like the modern-day Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cartoons that are all completely CGI, it's just not the same. And I know I don't that, like them that's as that, much. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's worse, but it's just not what I grew up with. And right. so, obviously, these guys who worked on this game, the Moldenhauer brothers. You know, they're they're around our age. They grew up watching those old school Looney Tunes and obviously wanted this game to be, uh, you know, a, a, a tip to that. All right. So I think this is what most people are going to care about the most. Let's talk a little bit about the gameplay. So this game is run and gun style. And there is also a progression system with earning and swapping out weapons. So I thought we could first talk about some of the different types of levels. So I don't think I'm missing any, but I think there's four types. There are just straight up boss battles. 
There are the mausoleum fights, which we might have to talk about a little bit. The run and gun missions and no, air combat. Don't say it, Paul. <laughs> Dude. Uh, what is that? Your uh, frustrations with the you, air combat in this game, you Josh? You could have just stopped at three and it would have been fine. You know? Uh-huh. <laughs> So maybe yes. one option too many. Oh man! All right, we'll I'll, we'll give our thoughts on the air combat missions. But yes, so the I, I do like that they do have different stages. As much as I hate the air combat ones, um, I, they do a very good job because it does keep the game kind of fresh. And it is neat that you can just straight up the way that like so the way that the game works is there's like an overworld map, so to speak, where you can actually walk around without fighting anybody. And you can talk to like little characters that are on the map and you just go up to these like kind of random, well, they're not really random, I guess, but you go up to like a tent, like there's a circus kind of theme right on one world. So it's like you can go up to a tent or you can go up to like a roller coaster or you can go up to this like merry-go-round and you just walk up to it and you hit the button and that's the level, right? So then it'll put you in that level. And some of those are just a boss. Like you don't have to run through a level to fight a boss. It's just, here's the boss fight. Um, and then other levels, like you mentioned, are running guns. So you are just, you know, constantly running from left to right, trying to get through the level. And there's usually a smaller, like mini boss at the end or something that you have to shoot like a few times to kind of get through and kill. Um, yeah. the mausoleum levels are, you know, more like, uh, timing based, like, cause there's like the jump one that I, I don't know how many different ones there are cause you've made it further than I have, but those are basically just timing like your, your, parries the the flex yeah, i don't even know parries. what they call it is a parry yeah they call it parries but it's not a traditional it's not a parry, parry which is weird that's why it's throwing me yeah. off yeah um and then there's the stupid stupid terrible horrible <laughs> butthead airplane levels yeah so what is it like after the first world that you beat, like you meet somebody and they're like oh hey i can give you an airplane and that way you can fly to the next world and then of course you have to fight uh-huh. an airplane boss and it's it's like it's fine, I guess. <laughs> yeah, the the air combat missions I found to be by far the most difficult and probably the least fun out of the bunch. So, the one thing about Cuphead, like we've mentioned that it is a tough as nails, old school tough game, but what it really comes down to is very precise timing whether that's timing with your jumps or using your evade abilities or using the parry system. So in this game, there are constantly enemies and items being thrown at you in waves. They're coming behind you. They're in front of you, top, bottom. And sometimes they have a pink outline. And what that means is you can jump on top of it and hit jump again And then you parry that enemy. And so some levels are built entirely on using your timing to be able to parry things. And if you are off by the tiniest bit in some of these fights, it will be the difference between beating that level or dying early. It it requires a lot of playing the same levels over and over to learn the patterns, to learn the tips and the hints of what's going to happen when, and then being able to time everything properly. And it can be rather frustrating, especially with air combat, because the game is continually pushing you forward. 
in the run and gun levels, it's more like playing Mario. You decide when to move forward and when the screen progresses, but the air combat, you're constantly evading, and I think that timing is even more hard. It just throws me off, too, because you go from, like, being Cuphead and getting used to, like, your character's, you know, movements, right? Like, because when you're Cuphead, you can dash, right? And that's how you avoid, you can avoid some damage, and you can kind of, you know, oh, oh I'm about to get shot, and you can dash a certain direction or something like that. And then in the airplane, you can dash, but it's a completely, like, different animation, and so it's like where I was very good at dashing as Cuphead, like on the ground levels, I, I would always forget to dash in the airplane because it's more just up and down, up and down, up and down, like flying around the screen, you know, flying forward. Oh, there's something coming. I got to fly backwards. But then, you know, they dude, this game's like terrible, right? Because they'll shoot something <laughs> at you. So you dodge it and then it uh-huh. hits the back of the screen and it will break and ricochet Back forward. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, it's like you said, there's stuff like every direction, every which way you think you dodged a bullet and then that bullet breaks into three bullets and comes flying back at you. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not a fan of the airplane levels. I do like that they do add variety to the game. So in that sense, like they're great, but they're just hard, man. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I think the air combat missions are just the least like the others. Because the other three all feel very similar. And then the air combat is just a little bit of, why are we doing this? Right. Like, I love watching a lot of cooking shows. And a lot of times the critics always say, okay, you gave us a trio of something. Well, now I have three things that I can potentially complain about. And in this case, it's definitely the air combat, at least for you and me. But it also didn't help that when... Because we both started playing solo initially. And then we jumped into multiplayer. And it was on what I think was probably the second hardest level in the whole game. <laughs> it was. And when you try to do it multiplayer, it's just even more difficult. And, I mean, I guess we could talk a little bit about the multiplayer aspect now. Do you feel like this is a true multiplayer game? How do you feel about it? I don't really. I, I mean, it it is a phenomenal couch co-op game. You know right. what I mean? If you have a big TV and, uh, you know, I'm assuming this game is available on all the consoles, but, you know, it it, it's, yeah, it's just, if you've got somebody that you can plop on the couch on your 65-inch TV and play this game with, it's a absolute blast. Over PC, you you kind of have to finagle a little bit to get multiplayer to work well. We played through the uh, Steam sharing Steam remote play yeah the together, remote play I think it's called um and it works just fine if there's not any lag but in a game like cuphead even a half second of lag you're you're toast you know what i mean so oh, yeah. it's like it, this is not one of the games that lends itself well to having internet issues because you will die and you will rage yeah well and not only that there is just so much clutter on the screen at all times that i found it difficult to follow which character was me because what I learned in this game rather early on is that you do not look at your character. You have to be paying attention to everything on the outskirts and that way you can time your jumps and your dodges and all of that. And so when you're not directly looking at your character and you're looking around and now all of a sudden you're trying to dodge, I was having trouble immediately telling which one was you and which was me. And I found it to be 
much easier to play solo. <laughs> it's very true. Man. Which is a little bit of a bummer because I think this game is great, but I I find it very difficult to play multiplayer. It is difficult multiplayer. It, and that's you you hit the nail on the head right there. It is just having another character on the screen because there is so much going on on the screen at any given moment that one more moving object, which is your buddy on the screen <laughs> is so distracting and so much harder. It really is like because, you know, you're dodging things. So inevitably, your two characters will be overlapped. And then, you know, you run forward a half inch and my brain goes, oh, I'm forward a half inch. And then it's like and then you get shot, you know, and you lose uh, a health or whatever. Yeah, it's it's a heck of a lot harder <laughs> to play multiplayer. I mean, it is fun. Like I said, I think it's just it needs to be a, like this is one of those couch co-op games, on, you know, on a shared TV, like sitting side by side kind of thing. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. And one of the other difficulties is that when you parry something, the screen freezes for about a quarter second. But that is long enough that if I'm trying to do a precise jump while you parry something, it's totally going to throw off my timing. And so it just, it weirdly does not lend well to multiplayer, even though it very easily could. I almost feel like if they tweaked things to make it multiplayer, it would be fine. But the way it currently is, it definitely plays better solo. Yeah, for sure. All right. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about are the different weapons, because I think this is probably the funnest thing to tinker with in the game. So in Cuphead, whenever you do a run and gun level, there are five coins that are dispersed throughout the levels. Sometimes it's very obvious where they are. Sometimes they're a little bit more hidden. It kind of reminds me of like hidden objects in Super Mario World yeah, on trying Super to get Nintendo. all the stars or something. It's not required yeah. by any means. No, but if you do unlock the coins and then beat the level, now you have that money that you can go spend at Pork Rind's shop. <laughs> this big ol' hefty pig who apparently has nothing to sell other than these potions and weapons in his shop. But let's let's talk about a little bit of the weapons. What are some of the options of what you can buy? So you start off with your little finger, you know, your little finger gun, right? I mean, finger I love guns. that he looks like he's snapping at somebody. He's <laughs> just like repeatedly pointing at them, you know. But, you know, he's giving them the old Fonzie like, hey, and that's, you know. But so you start off with the pea shooter and that's just a single shot rapid fire. And then you, as you get these coins and you go to the shop, you can unlock new like new weapons, I guess. And some of them are neat. They're all very different, which I really like. Um, like there's one that's like homing missiles. So you shoot out these little green little, like, I don't know. I'd say they're like leafs, but I, I don't know. They're like these little green arrows and they just swirl around and they home in on everything, but they're very weak. Like they don't do yeah. much damage at all, but it lets you focus on your character and then not really focus on, you know, trying to shoot the things that are in the levels. Um, and then I thought I would like that one and I feel like it's a good beginner weapon because again, it lets you really focus on your character, but I feel like it does such little damage that it's actually a detriment. You it's know? pretty weak. Yeah. And so, um, so there's that one. Do you want to talk about like the EX shots or you want to come back to that later? Uh, we can talk about it now if you uh, want. So every weapon has what they call like an EX shot. So you you basically get like a charged up version of it. And they're honestly pretty different than the weapon itself. So the EX one for the like the little 
homing missile one is like a leaf shield. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. I, like I, all I can think about is the leaf shield from Mega Man. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. It is exactly the leaf shield from Mega Man. When you kill Leaf Man and you get like the four leafs that swirl yeah. in a circle around your guy, yep. that's exactly what you get in Cuphead. Yeah. But the problem is, is it doesn't protect you. <laughs> Yeah, it it's doesn't like really do weapon anything. Instead, like I don't understand <laughs> this one, man. It's like if it protected you, it would be like great. But instead, it's like just this little spinning thing, and it's like you don't want stuff to get close to you. So that one's a little counterintuitive. I didn't like that one very much. Um, and then my favorite—I'll let you talk about some of the other ones. But my favorite is the uh, like the three-way shot or the split shot they call it. Oh, the spread. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so that shoots one super fast. It's it shoots very very fast, but it's also very short ranged. So it's like you it, you know it kind of just makes this wall of death like a few feet in front of you, and that's it. Which is great. So it's super high damage if you get close to things. Um, but, you know, that's also, it's like risk reward, right? Because if you're close to stuff, chances are something's going to spit out or shoot out at you and you have less time to kind of dodge that. Um, but I, that was, that wound up being one of my favorite weapons. And then the EX shot for that is instead of like a wave of like a split shot going one direction. You, it shoots out like all eight directions. So it's very good if there's a lot of things on the screen um, to kind of clear those out. Yeah. So one funny thing about this game is that I never use any EX shots. Really? Ever. Oh, I do. Because I just let them fully charge because then you can use a super, uh, you which is the then super? a completely separate ability. Yeah. So I legitimately don't even know what some of the EX shots are because I just never even tried. So I, I did complete and finish Cuphead, and I never used the EX shot even once on spread, and I probably used that weapon for about two-thirds of the game. Really? Which is kind of funny. Wow. Now, I did use it on accident with the chaser with the homing missiles for the leaf shield, but that was only on accident. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. (laughs) So, So one of my favorite weapons is the roundabout. And that is a really neat one because it works kind of like a boomerang. So you throw out these little rings and they go forward maybe half the screen, but then they go backward all the way off screen. So they actually run further behind you. And that's really interesting because in this game, you're doing so much running back and forth that what you do with the roundabout is you actually want to constantly throw it in the opposite direction and then they'll fly and hit stuff behind you, which is really helpful if you have a boss chasing you and you're constantly running to the right, you're just throwing out these boomerangs and then they're flying behind you and hitting the bosses. And I thought that was really clever. Uh, but there's also the lobber, which is really only useful in one or two levels where you're kind of lobbing out these little purple blobs that will fall more. So if you're fighting enemies below you, it's really good. And then there's also the charge shot, which is kind of known for being one of the easiest ways to beat bosses, you press and hold the button and then it releases a giant shot that does a ton of damage. And so you can actually run stuff down pretty quickly, except it only fires one little blob at a time, which is not going to help you burn down ads. So a lot of Cuphead is learning these levels and what weapon types are going to work best and then swapping out your loadout and running it again, and then seeing what works best. Yeah, trial and error is huge in Cuphead, to be honest. And, you know, it it's funny because, like, one of my favorite weapons is just the default weapon. 
like believe yeah, it or not, the, the pea shooter is is what you're used to. Like when you play shooter games, just that single like rapid fire shot where there's nothing complicated, there's nothing goofy about it. You know, it, it fires so fast that it feels like it does a lot of damage, even though I know there's other weapons that are, you know, higher like DPS, I guess. But it's one of my favorites because it's just it's like the, the good old trusty, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like it's nothing fancy. I know what's going to happen. I know it'll go from one end of the screen to the other. I liked the roundabout. I think it's a really unique weapon. But it it for me it added so much to the noise on the screen because <laughs> yeah. you have like eight Having of those things bouncing around rings. and flying around. Yeah, exactly. That it like I wound up just getting distracted. <laughs> it's like like watching <laughs> butterflies, man. It's it's like ooh, look at that. oh, I just got shot. Darn it. <laughs> it definitely does clutter the screen. Yeah, I I, I definitely agree with you there. Now. On an unrelated note, I assume you played this on a controller? Oh, absolutely. What kind of masochist okay. would play this on mouse and keyboard? Yeah, I, I rank this one right with Rocket League, where you can play mouse and keyboard, oh, but my goodness, no. you will not be able to perform well if you are. Yeah, if you're that crazy person, then don't be crazy anymore. Play with a controller. <laughs> yeah, this game's very much built for it. Great console game. It plays great on PC, of course, but I feel like this game probably lends better to consoles simply because it's definitely best with a controller, best couch co-op, Yeah, probably the way to go. So I think the only thing we really didn't mention a whole lot about the gameplay before we'll move on is that you can also buy different charms. So you have one charm slot. So you have a regular dash where your character will shoot forward, and then you can buy a smoke bomb. So that'll actually make your character disappear and then reappear forward, which is very useful while dodging. Because if you try to dash through an enemy, the smoke will go through them. But if you don't have a smoke bomb, you're going to get hit and you're going to take uh, damage to your HP. You can also have coffee, which will just continually build up your meter so you don't have to shoot stuff as much. There's also where you can just have a bonus heart, but it slightly lowers your damage. So it is interesting in that you have these different charms, you have these different weapons, you also have three different super abilities you can switch between. So one of them is just a giant beam that does a ton of damage, or you can turn invisible, invinci- sorry, invincible for a few seconds, or another one where you separate body and soul, and you have two versions that are fighting at the same time. And so... I have a question for you, Josh. Uh-oh. Okay, so this game has a story, right? Yeah. Does it have a system of progression and loot? Yeah. Oh, no. I know where you're going with this, you dirty rat. <laughs> no, this is Cuphead is not an RPG. <laughs> <laughs> so if anyone didn't hear that episode from like i don't know two or three weeks ago we defined an rpg as having a storyline and a system of progression and loot and that's exactly what cuphead has but this game is not an rpg no, absolutely. absolutely maybe not. we need to redefine what an rpg is <laughs> maybe just a little yeah i think i also said you had to be on a quest and this game you are absolutely oh, on a quest man. But no, this one is uh, not an RPG. All right. And then were there any levels that you found particularly memorable? Any that kind of stuck out? Because I know one thing, and not to steal your thunder, but I know at one point you said you kind of felt like a lot of the bosses were all, in some sense, kind of the same in a way. 
It's interesting because the fights, there is a variety of fights, but I don't know if this is one of the detriments to the art style or just the sheer number in the game, but it's it's weird because there's not too many boss fights that are like that super memorable fight. You know what I mean? Like a lot of other games, like Dark Souls, right? Mm -hmm. Like I love Dark Souls games, but it's like you remember that super tough boss, like Ornstein and Smell, right? Like it's like, oh, I'll still remember that fight. Um, whereas like Cuphead, there's just so many bosses, man. It's not like you fight four bosses and that's it. There's 20 bosses, maybe Something like, if, that, like yeah. there's a huge number. And because you can just walk up and fight a boss at any given moment, you know what I mean? Without having to go through like a level or anything it's they just tend to blur together to me. Um, you know, I, I do remember like the carnation guy, the carny carnation or whatever he is, where it's like, you're fighting a flower. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know? And it's like, wait, I'm about to beat up this flower guy. Like what's going on there? Well, and he starts off with this big smile and looks all cute. And then all of a sudden he gets like the pointed nose and the thorns come out and yeah, he starts chucking stuff at you. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, so there's him. I mean, one of the first bosses is a potato. (laughs) It's like you fight a potato and then he turns into a carrot and then, you know... Root vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it should be said that in these boss fights, there's always, like, progression or phases in these boss fights. Like, that's one of the things where it's like, you know, trial and error, right? You're going to die 50 times while you're trying these bosses because you'll fight phase one and then phase two will come along and you'll get wrecked, right? And then, you know, you'll die 800 more times before you make phase three. You know, and that kind of thing. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, for me, I think the first airplane boss, which was the, um, it's like the lady and she, you know, she's like pedaling oh, a bicycle. Mermaid. Oh, is okay. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. the one with the big half moon at the end where it's like the last phase is the big half moon. I don't remember the boss's name either. Um, yeah. But where you've got the UFOs coming up, shooting out the beams yes. vertically, and then they're in the half moon yep. at the end. That's yeah. exactly yeah. it. Like that one was memorable to me because I think it was the first airplane level, which when you first get to that, you're like, oh, this is going to be neat. And then you realize very quickly that the airplane levels suck. But um, yeah, I don't know. What about you, Mr. I beat the whole game is the devil fight. The uh, yeah, is that the, the devil fight is fun, not terribly memorable, although I did find it hilarious that you are constantly shooting him in the eyes. Like, I don't know who thought in this final battle, you have to shoot the devil in the eyes. He's got these big giant eyes, which I thought was funny. And he's crying because you're shooting his eyes the whole time. Um, there's one mission in particular. It's the final air combat mission where there is a giant massive robot and he has three distinct parts that you have to shoot and destroy. And depending on what you choose to destroy first, then it changes all the mechanics of the game. And I think that was the level I was on the most. It probably took me a good two or three play sessions of playing for like 20 to 30 minutes, because I can't play this game for hours on end. It's it's good in short doses. And so it took me like a day and a half where I did like two or three play sessions to beat it. That one was really tough. But I think my biggest complaint was the Dice King. So the Dice King is the second to last boss, but what happens is you have to fight three mini-bosses before you fight him. And the entire fight is maybe eight minutes. And the problem is that you learn the first fight. Well, that's like a two-minute fight. 
So now I'm working on progression on fight two. So now it's like four minutes for every run. And so pretty soon I have to play eight minutes just to get to the Dice King. And now I'm starting to learn where I'm going to die in the first eight seconds. Okay, well, now I know these cards come out and I have to parry them and time it. And so I found myself getting more frustrated because I would waste eight minutes of the easy content that I already have down just to learn the new stuff. Um, but that fight was memorable for a, a negative reason for me. Yeah, I'll say this. Yeah. One of the things that this game does very, very well and that I really like is that when you're doing these boss fights or any level for that matter, when you die, it shows you how close you were to the end of the level. Yeah. And and so I love that aspect because it, it, it like, you know, you're going to die a hundred times. Right. But it's like, you get to see how close you were to actually beating that boss. And the worst thing ever is, you know, they that use like, like a flag, a flag system to say, Hey, here's phase <laughs> one, here's phase two. And then here's the end. And your guy is like touching the finish line, yeah. like the last part. And you're like, dude, I died. Like if I could have just shot him like three more times, man, like, are you kidding me? And, yeah. and so never I, mind, that system's terrible. I hate it. <laughs> I hopped on Reddit after I beat the game and I just sorted as the top posts of all time. And one guy posted where it literally says knockout and you died at the same time. <gasps> no. And he died. He didn't get oh, credit Oh, he didn't for get it. credit? Oh, no. Man. And I was like, oh, that poor guy. That'd that would be, the be worst. terrible. Yeah. All right. So just a couple last things and then we'll move on to the community reviews. First of all, did you know that they are developing a show for this on Netflix? A, sh- a Cuphead show? If you search for Cuphead on Netflix, it'll pop up with a screen saying coming soon. And they are making it for kids. And it's going to have built-in humor for adults. But yeah, they're actually turning Cuphead into an animated series. I don't know about that, man. Like, that's just kind of weird. Like, is there enough story? Like, he's a he's, like he's an interesting character because he's. I mean, let's be honest. He's he's a cup, right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, but it's like, is he interesting enough that like this is lending itself to like an actual series? Like, I don't know about that. Yeah, it's not like they're drawing from a whole lot of deep lore in Cuphead. You know, right. Cuphead does not focus on story. There is a thread of story in this game. It's really just about the boss fights. Yeah. But yeah, they're they're actually making a Netflix show, which I thought was funny. And then also, did you know that you can pass all the run and gun missions without firing your gun and you will be rewarded with a pacifist flag on each of those missions? No. I had no idea until after I beat it. Is there not? Because I thought there's like little guys, the like I there's the one where it's like the carnival, but I thought you had to shoot something at the end. Can you just sit there and dodge it until the, the level's over? You can pop like your invincibility super and run past it, and then wow. you'll run over the finish line. Really? So you can go back and play all of the running guns and earn the pacifist flags, which is hilarious. I've watched those videos and it looks rough. Like some of those would be very difficult to do. Yeah. But I they don't they don't really tell you that in the game. They hint at it where one guy says, Oh, I see you've learned the way of a pacifist, but they don't totally explain. But if you get all the pacifist flags, then you can unlock black and white mode. So then it's really old school 30s cartoon style, which is kind of funny. Yeah, I'll take things I will never do for a thousand, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I hear you. And then the last question that I have for you here in this part of the show, do you have any advice for Cuphead beginners? Learn to dash. Like, honestly, yeah. like for me, you would think that the dashing sounds counterintuitive. Like, I, well, I say that, but I'm a huge fan. Like you mentioned the smoke bomb where the, you, you're actually invulnerable during your dash. So yeah. I, most people will go with the extra hit point because it's kind of like an extra life, right? But I found that I did much better if I used that, the, the invulnerable dash more than having that one extra hit point. But I, I mean, just be patient. You know, you will learn like there is a pattern to most levels and to most bosses and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, learn to dash is probably the number one thing for me. Yeah, I think that's a great tip. I think I kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier, but paying attention to clues in the background will really help with boss fights. Like, I remember there's one level where there's a ship and at random, they'll fire cannonballs across the bottom. And I was so focused on looking at my guy that I never noticed when cannonballs were coming. And then all of a sudden, I realized, oh, the ship actually takes a big, deep breath. And then all of a sudden, the cannonball comes out. So, okay, well, now I know I have to look at at the ship. And then every once in a while, they would pull in a shark. And you'd have to run all the way to the right to evade the shark. Well, you can actually see the shark swimming in the background so i realized oh this is that kind of game where you just have to pay attention to these little details and then the more you pay attention to everything on the screen the easier you'll find those fights to be yeah that's like the beppy the clown one um like there's a roller coaster with spikes on it that comes and kind of travels across the bottom of the level and it's yeah right it's terrible but you can actually see the roller coaster going up the hill in the background so that you know it's actually about to come. So that's another thing. Yeah, there's a ton of like context clues to all of the fights. And once you start to realize those, it definitely does help a lot. All right. Well, it's that time of the show. You guys heard what we think. Josh, you got a couple Steam reviews for us from the community? I do. Yep. Um, boy, there's uh, almost all of the negative reviews on this focus on one thing. Um, and you'll you'll kind of pick that up here real quick. But... Um, this right, one here is here. This this one's a little bit longer, so I'm going to read it first. So this is a positive review, um, and it says, "Thanks to this game, I now hate." And there's a list: frogs, slime balls, running gun levels, <laughs> zeppelins, clowns, candy people, birds, running gun levels, dragons, bees, pirates, and pirate ships, dice, and nudist devils. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The bees. I hated the bees level. That was oh, a tough man. one also. So I'm with that guy. The yeah. bees. Um, and then, <laughs> so here's a, uh, this is just a, uh, a short and sweet negative. Game made me get big angry and break my keyboard. I hate it here. Okay. So number one, you, the reason you hate this game is because you were playing it with a keyboard. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that is, yeah, unless he's throwing the controller and then breaking the keyboard. I don't know why he's breaking it. Yeah. Um, all right, so positive. I've never had more fun losing at something. Okay. Because this game... Yeah, that's, that's fair. I, I mean, honestly, it's so stinking hard that you're going to die. This is not the kind of game where if you don't like difficult games, like, don't buy Cuphead. Like, if you don't like difficult games, this is not the game for you. Um, but yeah, it's true. It is. I mean, it's a lot of fun, but you're going to die. 
Um, There's even a well in the game that you can walk up to, and it will tell you how many total times you've died. Yeah. So the game is designed that way. It's almost a badge of honor if you die like a thousand times while beating this game. Yeah. So this one, this one actually made me laugh. It's a positive review. What I thought I was buying: a 1930s family cartoon fun time. What I actually bought: freaking Dark Souls Four. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the reviews equated this game to Dark Souls for its difficulty level. And yeah, a lot of people are just equating this to Dark Souls 4. Oh, how funny. Despite yeah. being nothing like it mechanically, but sharing that difficulty. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah you can't, you've got to be okay with dying like repeatedly and then losing your progress, right? Like you have to go back to the beginning of the level or wherever uh, for that one. Uh, this one was funny because you, I wasn't going to read this one, but since you said it, so at the start of every level, uh, the boss fight, there's an announcer that kind of announces like, you know, Hey, this is, it's going to be a big fight. So yeah, this I one, love the announcer, by the way. Yeah. This one goes, uh, this is a positive one. This match will get red hot. Go dies 12 seconds later. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. so much a red hot fight. Yeah. So, and then, you know, that's enough. Honestly, like I said, the majority of negative reviews were this game's too hard. Like, you know, there was a thousand negative reviews where uh, this game's too hard. I died a whole bunch. I refunded it because I couldn't beat any of the levels. Like, okay. All right. Yeah. It's just the nature of the game. Right. Yeah. So that's what, uh, that's what some of the community thought, Paul. So now it's our turn, buddy, to guess. Yeah. So we always play this game of who can be more accurate in guessing what percentage of scores are positive on Steam. I wrote my guess down before I pulled the Steam review, because if you see overwhelmingly positive, like that kind of gives you a hint. So I wrote down 92%. I know the game's very beloved. I'm now thinking I probably went a little low, but I went 92%. See, Oh, really? See, I went lower than that. Like, I know this game is very well received, but it's so difficult that I thought that it was going to lend itself to a lot of people that are like, I bought it. It's too hard for me. I hate it. Don't buy this game. So I went 89%. Okay. And what's it at? The actual percentage is 95%, overwhelmingly positive Woo! on Steam. So you win once again, Mon Frere. Sweet victory. Yeah. I, I mean, it's great. It's a great game. I mean, it's 95% on Steam is no joke, dude. That's like, that's in the upper echelon of games. And that says something about Cuphead for sure. The only thing, the only caution that I'll give is that you have to know what you're getting into. And you have to know that this is a difficult game where you will die a lot, but it is such a well put together game. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I feel like out of all the difficult platform type games like this, this one I think leaves the biggest impression because I love Super Meat Boy. I love Celeste, but I think in 10 years, I'm going to remember Cuphead much clearer than I will the others because all of it just works together so well. The graphics, the sound, the gameplay, all of that. Yeah. Well, Paul, you won again, so we're just going to start calling this uh, your segment. <laughs> this is the Paul make love, marry, or murder segment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we hit that music? Oh, play that sweet music, Paul. Get everybody in the mood. 
Hey there, baby. If I could rearrange the alphabet, I'd put you and I together. <laughs> oh, All right, welcome to Make Love, Marry, or Murder. This is where Josh and I decide how we want to rate this game. And I think I'm going to let you go first, Josh. Do you want to make love, marry, or murder? I know you're not going to marry. I'm it. not going to marry Cuphead, but I'm also not going to murder Cuphead either. It's a it's a straight up make love for me. Cuphead is a game that is a ton of fun for eight hours. Like, in my opinion, unless you're one of those people that wants to like beat everything on expert mode, you know, 100% achievements, like all that stuff. Like, you mentioned the pacifist thing. Like... That is 1,000% not me. There is no chance in <laughs> yeah. this world that I will ever even attempt that. But I get that there's some people that really want to just kind of completely beat a game and hey, power to you if that's you. Um, but this is the like the definition of like make love for me. It's a ton of fun for a little while, but then it's not a game that you're going to pick up later on for replayability reasons. And if you buy this game knowing what you're getting into, then I don't think you're going to want to murder it because you know you're getting into a difficult game. So I I think make love all day. I'm very much with you on that one. I really enjoyed playing this game most of the time. I found it to be incredibly frustrating at times, but it was really only two, maybe three levels. I will say this game is rather short. Like, you spend a fair amount of time playing it because of all the deaths, but honestly, when you beat a level, it's two minutes, like on average, maybe a little bit shorter, and when you add all of it up, maybe you'll get 20 hours out of this game, but it's actually kind of short. It is fun, but it's not always fun. I will say that I found the game to be, in the beginning, kind of neutral, then I started really liking it, and then I got stuck on a level and thought man, I'm going to have to power through this game just for the sake of the show. I'm really hating it. And then once I got past that level, it got really fun again, and I kind of liked it a lot from that point on. So I do think that it is overall a make-love game. I think it is worth checking out. But you're not going to get 100 hours out of this game, for sure. There's no way you're going to get a long-term play out of this. It's the perfect game to have in your library because it's generally not like any other game in your library. You know, like when I'm tired of playing Rocket League and I'm, you know, I need a break from Divinity, you know, because I've been playing that way too much lately. It's like <laughs> Cuphead's the kind of game where it's like, oh, you know what? This is different than all my other games. Like, I, you know, let me hop into Cuphead and play six minutes and then i realize oh man i don't have the patience for this right now but it's really fun it's 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 like good game to have because it's not like any other game that's probably in your library yeah and i would say it doesn't lend terribly well to replayability simply because once you learn the mechanics it's almost like muscle memory so if you pop back to an old level maybe you forget initially but as soon as you see it then you figure it out pretty quick. So it's almost like riding a bike. It, it's it's the discovery of learning those fights the first time where I think it's a lot more fun and magical, and you lose that on multiple playthroughs. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go to the leaderboard and see where this game stacks up. All right, Josh, I've got our leaderboard up here, and if you are a new listener to the show, basically we have a leaderboard currently of 37 games that we have covered, 
And despite them all being from radically different genres, we have decided to rank all of these against one another. So we have our top couple of games, which would be Overwatch, Apex Legends, Rocket League, Rust. They go all the way down to the bottom where we have the likes of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. <laughs> uh, despite sinking a thousand hours into that game, oh, man, man, it's so bad now. And then Sea of Thieves and Overcooked 2. Josh, I don't even know where Here's to start looking at this. Here's the problem yeah. with this one. Because I've been thinking about like, ah, oh, man, we're going to get to the leaderboard segment soon. And it's like, I've kind of been dreading it a little bit because, I mean, I love the leaderboard. But the pro- here's the problem. Cuphead's a great game. Like, in and it of is. itself, it's a phenomenal video game. Like, it's so well done in every aspect, you know, that it's hard to find a lot of fault with it. But then from a multiplayer standpoint, because it does offer multiplayer, you know, Mm -hmm. and our leaderboard is multiplayer games. It's like I like my thought process is it's going to be way down there on the leaderboard because I don't think it lends itself really well to multiplayer. Yeah, it's very tough to gauge because this will definitely fall in that world of no pun intended, RimWorld, where it is a single-player game. You can play it multiplayer, but it's not really when it shines its best. Like, when I'm looking at our leaderboard, I would much rather play Cuphead solo than hop into a game of GTFO with you. But we're not just ranking playing the solo experience. It's the multiplayer, so I do think it's going to take a big hit. I think it's going to sound like we're down on Cuphead, but we're really not. I think this has to go somewhere around 23-ish, like right around that RimWorld, GTFO, Phasmophobia, Payday 2 area. I think I would put it above Payday 2. It's just a matter of how far above. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I was in like the 27, 28 range, to be honest. Like I kept looking at Fall Guys (laughs) and going, would I rather play Fall Guys multiplayer or would I rather play Cuphead multiplayer? And as, oh, I'd rather play Cuphead. <laughs> see, Cuphead's a better game by far. And that's the problem, right? Because it's like Fall Guys is a really good multiplayer game, but it's a terrible game. Whereas Cuphead's a great game, sucks. but it's not very good multiplayer. Um, I'm fine GTFO around there. I mean, multiplayer, I'd rather play GTFO all day, to be honest with you, because that game's a lot of fun with friends. Um, You know... I would put Cuphead below that. Okay. Um, Do you want to put it above or below Phasmophobia? I think I want you to put it below. You could talk me into either. I want to put it below, to below be honest. Phasmophobia. Phasmophobia, we had so much fun with Phasmophobia for a little while. Like, I get the replayability is not there, and it got old really quick. But yeah. Phasmophobia, like, I still play with my daughter, and it's fun to just get scared and, you know, scream and stuff like that. Like, I actually enjoy sure. Phasmophobia from a multiplayer aspect. Um, so I would put Cuphead below that, but I would put it above Payday 2. Okay, I think that's fair. I think Cuphead is a far, far better game than Phasmophobia, but from a multiplayer perspective, I'm I'm with you. Right. So let's go ahead and lock it in at number 25, below Phasmophobia, above Payday, and then uh, that'll push Fall Guys down a little further, which is fine with me. Yeah. My goal is we really need to push Valorant <laughs> here out of the top 30, 
And we're getting closer. We only got to push it down two more times and it'll be out of the top 30. Boy, it's funny to hear. Like, remember when we put Valorant so low and it was still fairly new and everybody got mad because it was yeah. like Valorant's like the new hotness. And then now, like, nobody is, <laughs> cares about Valorant anymore because, unless you're a pro. It was a little bit of a flash in the pan. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Well, that's all that we have for you guys here today for Cuphead. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you were curious to know what game we are going to be covering next, two Mondays from now, Josh is already dancing. I will let you do the honors, my friend. What are we doing? I'm dancing because I've been playing this game so much lately. All right. So you guys have heard me. I think I've talked about it the last three episodes. It's not a new game, but man, is this game just got its hooks in me right now. So Divinity Original Sin 2 is one of, and I'm still maintaining this, one of the best RPGs I, I have ever played. Like, hands down, it's there. But this, they made it fully multiplayer compatible to where you can play together. And we have never played this multiplayer. I have 147 hours in this game, and like 50 of those are in the last week. <laughs> <laughs> I have been just completely engrossed in this game again, and I am super, super excited and curious to see how it works in multiplayer. Yeah. And I'm going to warn you, Paul, that I have read a few little stories about how you can just 100% troll your uh, your people that you're playing with in this I've game. I've heard this. Yeah, so I I will <laughs> promise some shenanigans um, are going to happen. As someone who likes to read a lot of things in this game, I have no doubt that you're going to come mess with me when I'm in the middle of doing something in the game. I'm, I'm ready for it. Yeah. I know it's coming. Yes, but so it'll be interesting because it's an amazing role-playing game, so I'm really, really curious to see how that translates to actual multiplayer. Um, it does actually have like a dungeon master like option to where you can fully generate like D and D campaigns that people can play in game, like using the engine. We will probably not get into that just as a fair warning to everybody, but I can't wait to see, uh, how, how it actually, you know, winds up stacking up it from a multiplayer aspect. Yeah, I'm very excited. It's been a while since we've played a really immersive multiplayer game, so I'm I'm very excited to jump into that one, especially knowing that we can spend a ton of time in that game. So please go ahead and rate our show five stars, leave a review, please subscribe to the show, and then please hit us up on social media. You can find us everywhere at Multiplayer Pod, and you can find us on YouTube at Multiplayer Podcast. And then also, if you would like to help support the show, as Josh and I mentioned, uh, we don't get paid to do this show, <laughs> but we do have some very generous Patreon supporters. So if you would like to help support the show to make sure that we can keep releasing episodes every Monday and Thursday, you can find that at MultiplayerSquad.com. That will also give you access to our exclusive Discord server, where you can come game with us and also ask questions, make suggestions, chat about gaming within our community. It's It really is a great place of gamers coming together. It's all family-friendly, so please join us there at MultiplayerSquad.com. And then we will be back with another show on Thursday covering This Week in Gaming. Leave the reviews. See you then. We're getting close to 200. You might be the 200th review! <laughs> All right. And just remember, Josh has to read every review no matter what it says. So take advantage of the emotes, 
the emotional inflections in those reviews, and Josh will read. I've it. promised I will read word for word everything that is written in the 200th review. So, all right. See you guys on Thursday. See you guys. Well, if you want to, please. I'm going to reword that. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> while clearing my throat. My sore throat's coming. Uh-oh.